And now it's time for us to discuss more of the headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Well, good morning, Lena. Happy Thursday. Happy Friday Eve. Happy Friday Eve. Thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate your effort. In trying. I've given up, though. I don't know why you still, uh, still insist. Going at it, I appreciate the effort, though, nonetheless. It was not brought to my attention by actually my team, but the, the listeners, in fact, wanted to stick. Yeah. So I'm going to. Oh, well, you see, I'm making some headway. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day, starting with our coverage of the nationwide trucker strike. This is our first keyword. Strike crackdown. So the government will likely expand its back-to-work order on striking cargo truckers beyond the cement industry. Based on headlines, it does look like that back-to-work order did have an effect significantly. What can we expect? It certainly did. And we did kind of give you a heads up on uh, an expansion possibly coming soon. And the government will hold an extraordinary cabinet session this morning to discuss the matter. Uh, the meeting will be presided over by the Prime Minister Handoff Su and will be also attended by Ministers of Finance and Trades, among others. Uh, a second order would likely be issued against uh, steel sector truckers, though petrochemicals and refined oil have also been cited as potential sectors subject to the new order. Uh, the finance ministry said in a ministerial meeting presided over by the finance minister Chu Gyeonghwa yesterday that the the uh, attendees formed a consensus on the need to expand the order to the steel and petrochemical fields. Uh, according to the Transport Ministry, shipments of steel products dwindled to 47% of the daily average as of Tuesday due to the strike. The shipments in the petrochemical industry also shrank to 5% of normal levels, so it's pretty evident that these strikes have had an effect, especially mm. in these sectors, um, on top of the disruptions that were uh, occurring in the construction uh, sectors as well. Uh, meanwhile, the government has also filed a police complaint against a striking cement trucker who failed to comply with the return to work order. It also requested administrative measures by relevant local authorities. The latest action marks the first government sanction related to non-compliance um, with the order. The first mm -hmm. act of non-compliance will result in suspended business for 30 days while failure to comply for the second time could lead to cancellation of licenses in addition to jail time or fines. And the punitive measures, however, will not take immediate effect, though, as local governments will make the final decision after listening to what the relevant parties have to say first. Mm. So it's not just an immediate order. Uh, but of course, this is uh, serving as president of possibly putting more pressure on the striking truckers to kind of return to work as well. So it could add to the momentum of these compliances and adherence to the uh, orders. Mm. Turning specifically to our economy section for our second keyword of the day, forecasts for next year are, of course, being made. This is our second keyword. Economic slowdown. Finance Minister Chu Gyeonggo is once again sounding the alarm over Korea's economy, projecting further slowdown heading into the new year. So clearly managing expectations, it's not a single moving part after all. Run us through what he said. Right. Well, he told a forum of economic experts that various markets and people's livelihoods will be at risk for quite some time, actually, during 2023. The forum was held to get opinions for next year's economic policies. 
Jew said that tight monetary policy to tame inflation has led to reduced domestic economic activity, demand, uh, sentiment, and increased household debt as well. Uh, he added the country's economic fundamentals are also being shaken, noting that these issues are jointly causing downside risks to Korea's growth. Uh, he also noted that finding a solution right away was difficult, but he vowed to try and come up with a solution for next year using all available government resources. The experts at the meeting also agreed that Korea faces difficulties going into next year. They expressed concern that the pace of economic growth is slowing too fast amid the factors mentioned uh, by the finance minister. Uh, they stressed that the country had to watch out for falling exports as well, which is kind of a key barometer of how Korea's economy is doing. Uh, and they predicted the country's growth next year to fall to the 1% range um, as well, which is slightly lower than what uh, many institutions uh, have put the growth forecast at next year. Uh, the Korea Development Institute also saw protracted growth next year as well. It said exports will continue to suffer and business sentiment will also worsen as well. So there are some factors that are kind of out of the government's reach, so mm. geopolitical factors, for example, and just overall the global uh, kind of economic slowdown is something that the Korean uh, government doesn't really have any power over. Right. But of course, um, the uh, finance minister is vowing to do what he can within uh, domestic uh, markets and uh, measures as well. And we talked about possible safety nets for the most economically vulnerable in the country. Those might be measures and the reaction that the Korean government can control. But you're right. Mm -hmm. A lot of moving pieces might not be within the boundaries of this country. Let's move on to right. our third keyword of the day. NDAA. So U.S. lawmakers have agreed on the test of the National Defense Authorization Act. The NDAA will require the U.S. government to maintain a minimum of 28,500 U.S. service members in South Korea. Can you tell us details? Right. So this is kind of good news for uh, the UN administration, which is wanting to get more uh, U.S. support in the face of increasing North Korean uh, threats. And the text of the NDAA is for the fiscal year 2023. As well as troop maintenance, it also calls on the Defense Secretary to reaffirm the U.S. commitment to providing extended deterrence to South Korea. The act also calls on the Defense Secretary to evaluate threats posed by the North and other countries in the Indo-Pacific region. Uh, if enacted, the act will require the Defense Secretary to submit an, an analysis report on what it calls the current and future theater nuclear capabilities and doctrines of Russia, China and North Korea within 270 days of its enactment. And it also says the secretary shall conduct an analysis of the use or potential use of unmanned aerial system swarms by adversaries. Mm -hmm. And the, become, the bill becomes law uh, when signed by the president. So we'll have to see uh, whether it will be enacted or not. So President Yoon has also promoted 18 new lieutenants general and has vowed a tougher stance against North Korea threats. So doubling down on the rhetoric he has stuck from the beginning. Certainly, uh, yes, certainly doubling down on what he has said. He said Korea uh, must perfectly overwhelm North Korea, in his words, in conventional military strength. Uh, even though the North may be armed with nuclear weapons. He noted that South Korea's national security is in a graver situation than ever. 
the president also urged the newly promoted military officials to eliminate security risks for the Korean economy as well as public livelihood as well. And uh, the 18 new lieutenants general included new Marine Corps Commandant Kim Gae-hwan. Uh, Ge- hmm. uh, let's move on to our fourth key word of the day. Back home. <laughs> so warm welcome for the national football team. They have returned home to a hero's welcome after competing in the knockout stage of the World Cup. The general consensus seems welcome, congratulatory and celebratory to say the least. What did they have to say, the team? Yeah, so they arrived uh, yesterday evening, and uh, but uh, the goalkeeper Kim Sung-gyu and midfielder Chong Woo-young returned to their respective clubs mm. in Saudi Arabia and Germany. So just a few who are not part of the returning squad. Uh, the returning players and coaches were greeted by an estimate 1,000 fans at Incheon Airport. Uh, a lot of flash photography happening. <laughs> uh, once they went uh, came through the gates, uh, players obliged also to the supporters' requests for selfies or. Uh, autographs. I don't know how many people request for autographs nowadays. I think it's all <laughs> selfies. Um, Captain uh, Son Heung-min uh, said uh, the team's feel-good underdog story was due to the players' commitment to their goal and uh, their perseverance. And he also noted that the biggest reason Korea went to the round of 16 was that everyone worked so hard behind the scenes as well. Uh, so alluding to the coaching staff. Mm. Uh, Son also believed Korea could have done better, though, but were unlucky to meet Brazil so early in the competition. Basically, the competition uh, favourites to be the winner Mm. uh, of the World Cup. So a bit of an unlucky draw there. Um, The head coach, Paolo Bento, announced immediately after the Brazil match also that he will not return as South Korea boss, ending a record-long tenure that actually began in August 2018. So he has had quite a long stint. Uh, at the helm of Team Korea. Uh, He is making a stop in Korea, though, before moving back to his native Portugal. Uh, And he did lead the country to the round of 16, but they were, of course, overpowered by Brazil in a 4-1 loss. Uh, He had faced some criticism for being quite stubborn and inflexible (laughs) in his kind of uh, player picks or strategies and tactics. But Son... Uh, upon his arrival, said he and his teammates never lost faith because, of course, if they do lose faith in their head coach, that will be evident in their playing on the field. Uh, and meanwhile, President Yoon Sung-yeol hopes to ho- uh, will host a dinner for the team uh, this evening to congratulate them on their progress uh, in the World Cup. Uh, the World Cup was quite a stark contrast from what uh, they had to face four years ago and years uh, World Cups prior as well mm. because there have been a lot of uh, critical supporters but uh, it's been a bit of a different atmosphere this time around. Alright, um, it wasn't really feeling celebratory in the month of December with all the gloomy economic prospects but this gives mm. a little bit of warm thought, don't you think? Yeah. Let's move on to our final keyword of the day. Zero covid So China is finally lifting its most severe COVID policies just a week after the landmark protests against the strict controls poured out onto the streets of, well, all streets of China. What's the latest? Right. So people with COVID can now isolate at home rather than in state facilities if they have mild or no symptoms. They are also no no longer uh, need to show tests for most venues mm. and can travel more freely inside the country. Mm. Uh, lateral flow tests would replace PCR ones in most scenarios where a result is needed, although PCRs are still needed for schools, hospitals and nursing homes. 
Uh, lockdowns would continue, but should only apply to more targeted areas, for example, certain buildings, units, or even floors, as opposed to kind of whole neighborhoods or cities being shut down. Areas identified as high risk should come out of lockdown in five days if no new cases are found. Uh, several cities in China have endured months-long lockdowns, even with mm. only a handful of cases. Uh, schools can remain open with student attendance if there's no wider campus outbreak. The new guidelines also included a strict ban on blocking fire exits and doors. That follows reports of people uh, being locked into their homes during an earthquake and buildings being sealed uh, under um, lockdown measures. And the recent protests, in fact, were actually triggered by a deadly fire in the western Xinjiang region. And critics said the victims had been unable to escape the building because of lockdown measures. But Beijing denies this. Um, some users online have questioned the sudden change in policy, expressing concerns over more infections, but ma the majority and many others rejoiced at the loosening of a policy that had basically controlled their lives for mm. nearly three years. Can you imagine this being a way of life for three years? I mean, just going simple yeah. tasks like grocery shopping or visiting a hospital was such a headache. Now it seems that they're making small steps back to normalcy. As for that possible resurgence, it's also true that just, I believe, two-thirds of people age uh, 80 and over are vaccinated compared to a gross majority of the younger population. So yeah. vaccinations might be a priority for the country too. Yes, especially during the winter months as well. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. Stay warm. I'll see you tomorrow. You too. Stay warm. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.